0: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Lord, for a new day, huh? Yeah. It's actually not too cold either, so that's yeah. it's nice. It's a verse in Isaiah <coughs> that says, Oh, uh, everyone that thirsted, which I think I can put your name in there. We all can come to the waters. And everyone that has no money, (coughs) money, which I think is talking about capacity to produce something, if you don't have that, come, buy uh, wine and milk. (coughs) You know, uh, God is well aware of uh, our inability to produce anything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, and it's funny that he invites you to come by it. Um, but he tells you the right place to go to, come to the water. Because there he has a provision for you that you're not able to um, provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's in that water that he provides. You can't, You can't produce what it takes, what you need. But he, he invites you to come. And there, yes, there is a cost to it, but uh, He promises that He is faithful to give you just what you need to bring forth that, that He is intending for all of us. So this morning, if you came in thirsty, which we did, if you didn't, if you didn't know it yet, you did. <laughs> <clears throat> come come to the waters. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the provision of your spirit. Lord, thank you that uh, you're faithful to provide for your children, Lord, that you're a faithful father, Lord. Thank you this morning for what you have in store for us, Lord. We open our hearts. Ask you for your anointing to be here with us, Lord, to speak to each heart, Lord, to minister to us and give us, the life and the provision that we need for the next step. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and gather.
1: So, I would like to um, talk about increase, which we've talked a lot about, and uh, it's God that causes the increase, I guess we understand that. I'm always amazed every harvest season. That the capacity of the ground um, to bring forth increase is of such a huge magnitude, um, and I don't have any fancy numbers. It's just I know we get probably twelve or thirteen thousand pounds of <coughs> potatoes out of this year. I think four hundred and fifty pounds. And Kevin could that is planted, you know. Um, he probably could explain that better. Brother John could probably talk about how much he plants and what they got back over there. It was quite a quite a harvest, and I uh, appreciated uh, Bill's emphasis the other morning about the immutability of God, the unchangeableness of God. And Apparently he's struck by that too. Uh, But there should be a, a, a foundation of confidence in our hearts, not based on our even response or capacity in any way or our longevity or any of those things, endurance, which those are all important parts of our life, but really the foundation and underlying confidence should be, Uh, the commitment of God to his purpose of bringing forth increase out of our hearts. And um, I just want to talk about, I I don't know that I'll be very long. I just uh, want to talk about the area of increase that I think is the most significant for every single one of us. Not just a few, every single one of us. uh, There's an area of increase that really must be going on that is of the greatest significance in any of our lives, and it's in Isaiah 9, um, very familiar passage. Isaiah chapter 9, it says, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Uh, that is the new name, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I think this is really the greatest increase that is going on in all of our hearts, is the increase of government and peace Um, the single most necessity the single greatest crisis in this world is government the single greatest crisis in this world is what is ruling Uh, because i'm not a politician i am not a a history student i've never been interested to dive into any of that stuff Um, i i know some things that i listen to but um, even with my limited uh, capacity in those places, uh, there are things that are, that are done now that you, you have to see, if you have any inkling of the Holy Ghost, you have, you have to see that what is ruling are devils and the prince of the power of the air is ruling in the hearts of men to come to the conclusions and the directions on any level that, um, that is happening in this, in this world. And I don't know that we should be surprised about it. We preach about it for so long. Uh, but then when actually there's such visibility of, of craziness, we say we can be afraid because the thing that we thought we knew about is, comes to pass. And we say, oh, no, what's happening and what actually is happening, what's always been there and what God has always ordered that he wanted to put this world under a power that was antithetical to him. Uh, to to uh, demonstrate this, the contrast of life and death, and uh, we don't recognize it in the way that he wants us to come into that recognition. Um, there's still too much influence of um, human analysis that works in our hearts, where we look at stuff and we misevaluate. And I think really the best thing that we really come to is that we don't know. Um, in our lives when the things that occur we don't Lord I, I don't I don't know uh, I, I'm limited in my understanding and that's really what took Job all that time right? was to come to finally he said look I, I, and this is the most righteous man in the east and was upright in all his ways and all that the beginning right that was God's um, picture of Job and And Job came to the conclusion that was the right conclusion, God said, right? It was the right conclusion. Because he (laughs) said, uh, Job has said the thing of me that is right. And he said, it's friends heaven. And, and you know, before we're too critical of friends, I don't know how many of you have sat with somebody for seven days in silence because they're in trouble. Like I, Brother Bill mentioned the other day, the folks from the land came out and were... Quiet and, and ministered quietly in peace and just be a support. But that was for a handful of hours. These guys did it for seven days. They sat in silence because they saw his compassion, they saw his condition. And I, I, I why is that in the Bible? I mean, it's an irritation. There's a lot of irritating things in the Bible. I mean, why is that there? Well, perhaps we're too fast to shoot. Perhaps we're too fast to evaluate. Perhaps we're too fast when somebody's in difficulty to, to, to make a pronouncement of what they should or shouldn't be doing. I, uh, yeah, he got really upset with that. And, and honestly, it's bothered me at times that I've read through some of the things they say and I go, wow, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, what the heck? And, and I don't announce that generally. I just said it now, but I don't usually, and that's in the back of my mind. It makes me nervous because I think what they said was pretty good. And, and at the end, God said, I'm not going to even listen to these guys. <laughs> Job's the one that said the, same, the thing that was right, right. And what did Job said? He said, I talked about stuff I didn't know. <laughs> really, I abhor myself. I have come to the conclusion that I have run into God. and realize that I should not even be, you know, <laughs> uh, directing any traffic. I, 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 maybe, I've never told you this, but I was a, you're gonna be very impressed with this. I was a crosswalk guard.
2: School,
1: school. school cross, crossing guard, yeah. When I was younger. Sela.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't even know how that occurred. I just remember I was, and it was just, you wore this uh, orange kind of band, and you helped uh, the kids across the street. Anyway, nobody was killed, so I think I was successful. Uh, but Job came to the place where he says, I sh- you know, I shouldn't be directing any traffic. Actually, you know, <laughs> put my hand on my mouth. It said an awful lot. I, 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 hate, I hate it sometimes when something reoccurs that you, you remember that you said. I hate that sense. He's, I, and I can get embarrassed all over again. I don't know if you can, but I, I know I can. But So there's an increase that's going on that God is looking for, and it's an increase of government. But with that, I think it's so tremendous that with that, there's an increase not of just government, but there's an increase of peace. Do you know the only avenue to peace is through government. So, um, in Jeremiah 30, you know it took Job 31 chapters to finally get the last verse, that says, I don't know if he said this exactly, the writer put it in, but he said, the words of Job are ended. And I think perhaps there was a big sigh in the heavens of the angels. So, oh my God, finally. Right? Uh, he had a lot to say. And, and then his words were ended. And then he had to buckle up. You have a sense that that God sent Elihu in to hit him about 15 times to get him ready to listen to the voice of God. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm not a slow learner. It's just that that would be lying. And I've had to be hit in numerous ways and times more than I thought. Uh, you know, you have to be softened up a bit to be able to really understand the reality of God, our Father, in light of you, in the light of me. And so Isaiah, I mean, Jeremiah 30. Um, let's see what verses I want. The, the whole chapter is pretty good. Uh, The Lord says in verse 5, we've heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. What does that indicate? It indicates that they're under the wrong kind of rulership. You know, if there's angst in my heart, something else is probably ruling me. I don't mean that I don't get bothered by things, or I don't mean that we say that, gee, that really should be right or diff- changed. And I don't mean we don't, those, that's, that's all right. But if I have angst in my heart, and that's what comes out in my communication, it's, it's more often than not, it's hard, sometimes it's not the words that I use, it's, it's what's with it
2: that has the greatest
1: effect. You know, sometimes you can say very hard things, To people, because the care and the compassion of Christ comes through, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. You can say, you know, fresh fish, and it's an offense because there's angst coming through. And um, I read that in a book. I don't want you to think I did that. Um, Anyway, it goes on, and it says, verse. uh, Read the whole chapter; it's really good. I'm not saying the Bible's going to save you, but it's encouraging sometimes um, and discouraging. Verse 10, Therefore, fear not my servant Jacob. Well, he says he's going to break the yoke. Okay. The thing that is ruling, him, he's going to break it. Uh, Neither be dismayed, Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar and your seed from the land of captivity. And Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet and none shall make him afraid. I thought, uh, this, the one, one line's been run over my head. It's not really written like this in the Bible. But, it, it, I mean, it, it, it is some, to some degree. But I, I thought, how significant it is that I quiet myself. And how significant it is that we quiet ourselves. Um, and, and David says it in uh, Psalm 131, too. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but I don't want to misquote it. It's uh, the one about the wean child. I think, I think Tim should put the scripture up at the barn. Because when he's doing weaning up there, it's anything but quiet. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself. As a child that is wean of her mother, my soul is as a wean child. How important is that that I have quieted myself? Because myself <laughs> has a lot to say. I mean, in more than 31 chapters, uh, you know, myself has a thought about everything. And how important it is that you and I say men excuse me self could you quiet down could you be quiet I quieted myself <laughs> it says for I am with thee verse 11 says the Lord to save thee though I make a full end of all nations yet which where I scatter thee you do not make a full end of you that's been my experience right? But I will correct you in measure. I I think that's the mercy mercy of God. I will correct you in measure. Um, He says, because your bruise is incurable (laughs) and your wound is grievous. And I, I think there are some good things in the earth that you can do for your body, but I... I sometimes will watch a, a a clip about some particular health thing, you know, one that one, important ones like something that'll make you taller or grow hair, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I suggested that to the lady when I got the pictures taken of my license. She was a, a nice older older lady. I mean, she probably was in her 70s or something. She was a sweet lady and. And she said, well, so she took my picture. It's your license picture, right? What are you gonna say about it? Anyway, but she takes, she says, here, I'll show it to you before we print it. Is there anything you wanna change? I said, yeah, put some hair in there. And she was very sweet. Oh, oh no, there are a lot of nice looking men that have no hair. I, I, I don't know if my mother's listening, but uh, I want to expose her to many, before many people. Um, she, you take a picture of her, and she must see it before we can publish it. You know the worst thing you can say to somebody? They look at their picture and they go, oh my God, that's awful. I said, yeah, looks just like you. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you say that, but he says, you know, your bruise is incurable, your wound is grievous, you know, you can't, and and not for lack of trying, but you can't really fix the dilemma you're in, you can't fix your condition, you can't fix what you come into. It's incurable. Isn't that great? I mean there's some level of relief in that I think. Um, right? Uh, I do watch, that's I started to say I watch health issues and I got caught away with baldness and all that happened. Um, but you they they make so many promises about what this particular thing will do. And you know, I've come to the conclusion that um, they're lying. <laughs> and not even premeditated lying necessarily. And I don't even know if they always know they're lying, but if something works on one person, it doesn't mean it works on everyone. That's deep, <laughs> right? I think the human body is complex and different. We all have different framework and everything, but you, you, you try and I guess you get discouraged, you get to the, thing, get to the end and it, you click, it goes on. And on and, and, and honestly, I don't know if I've made it to the end of any of them. I mean, I still get pulled in to see, well, this will do this. I said, well, I could use that. And instead of telling you just what to do, we're coming to that. We are coming to that. Right? We're coming to it. We're coming to it. You know. And they, they end up, generally, you have to buy something that's very expensive. But anyway, um, they, they start saying, you know what? I've already made plenty of money. I just want to share this with you. I'm just, I just have a heart of sharing, and and I just want to embrace you all. I'm so blessed that this wisdom has been revealed to me. I just, I just want to share it. Okay. Okay. There's none to plead your cause. Thou hast no healing medicines. Look, I take these vitamins every day, and it makes me feel a little bit old. I don't know where they are, I think I have them somewhere. Oh, yeah, I do. See, I take these, and it's because I used to mock my stepfather, Al Valentine. See, I take these every day, and my wife keeps saying, what, can I get you a pill case? Oh. Like the slugger when she says that. I know she's nice to most of you. <laughs> anyway, um, but I take that and I, I don't know if it works. I, I just tell myself, uh, can you imagine how bad it is if you didn't take it? <laughs> That's what I always think, right? It's just how so bad it's going to be. Anyway. Um, I've wounded thee with a the wound of an enemy, it says, with the chastisement of cruelness for the multitude of your iniquity. Um, anyway, it, go, it goes on further. And what is 17 kind of starts turning the corner. For I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, says the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion whom no man seeks after. Okay. And verse 21 is what it gets down to. This is where God is bringing us. You see that God, we we sometimes think it's a negative uh, thing about when we talk about authority or being ruled over. We talk about all that. The the truth of the matter is something's always ruling in this earth, and 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 the the awakening that's occurring in our hearts is that <laughs> my heavenly Father is the greatest power, is the is the most loving power, is the most capacitated power, is the most Formidable power that I could be under. And actually it is a privilege that I've been invited to be under that power. Yeah. And, and that is what God wants us to uh, wake up to and continue to. And we have awakened to it. It's not that we haven't. It's just that do we realize the spirit of God wants the increase so that that is the soul authority. That is the soul power. That we function under. That is coming to a place where increase of of his government and peace. No end. And so verse 21. Their nobles shall be of themselves. And their governor shall proceed from the midst of them. And I will cause him to draw near. And he shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me? Says the Lord. And ye shall be my people. And I will... Be your God. Um, The the reason that you and I can approach is because he has drawn us. We read the story of Esther and, 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 you know, this seems like there's some tension in chapter four, right? Well, there is tension in chapter four when, you know, all the Jews are going to be killed and, and Mordecai sends word to her and he's in sackcloth. And what does she want to do? She, she, she sends word to him. Could you change your clothes? Could you do like, could you, whatever, you know, could you get out of this particular mode? Look, this is a, this is a problem. And this is how we need to fix this problem. Okay. And Mordecai sends word back and he's not going to change, right? And, and that is true of God. He's not changing his purpose. I mean, we have a loving father. Uh, I, I totally, and the emphasis of that, I'm so thankful for. And, and we've talked recently about the prodigal. And, and, and when he was a long ways off, um, you know, the father, when he turned, the father ran to him. But we also have a father that is not happy with everything that goes on with us. And that's what makes him a great father. Also, that he doesn't let his children stay the same. That he interrupts, that he intersects, that he brings pain and difficulty enough to get our attention. Have you read the verse in Job that says, I will not afflict? He puts that in the book of Job. What is that about? Yeah, you can go ahead and... and, and Translate this Bible literally if you want to, but but it doesn't work. What does he mean by, I will not afflict? Well, my interpretation, and this is the only one I got, is that he doesn't do any more than he has to to get my attention. My full-on attention. He does exactly what is necessary. And do you see what he did with Job? What was needful, even with that affliction. It's not like affliction was the main event. The main event was coming to know his heavenly father as he was. And and himself, consequently, in light of that heavenly father. And and that took Job's a lot of chapters. That should encourage you today. It took Job a lot of chapters. And I don't even know if I'm starting where Job was. But it's taken me a lot of chapters because I still pop off with something to say about something born out of my human soul. And what God is doing, he's increasing the government and it's from within. Your rulers are going to come within, from within. The nobles are going to come from inside. The governor is coming from inside his people, from the midst of you. What is that about? Can I tell you something? My no for you doesn't have the consequence that your no for yourself does.
2: Right.
1: And that's, there's been a shift here. And people ask, and I, I'm not against the fivefold ministry. It's supposed to be a help. To do what? To bring us all To the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. God's intention all along is for the fullness of Christ to be grown up here. Whether there's an increase of that government working in us and peace that comes out of us. The great, the highest thing that happens here is when you and God are conducting. Uh, this relationship with each other when you're responding to your Heavenly Father and that's what a, Bill and I were talking about accountability that's what accountability is all about that you are seeking to find out really what your Heavenly Father is pleased with what's He after what's He looking for out of you and, 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 and consequently then you can handle the rest I have no trouble telling people around here what, what I think I want to do if I'm in sync. And if I'm not in sync, I have trouble with the least. I have trouble with a look. What do they mean by that? <laughs> but when you're in sync with your Heavenly Father, when that government is working from the inside, that is the, that's the greatest thing that's going on. Where you are in consideration of what he wants. You and I can only engage our heart to approach him because he's drawn us. And that's what I was going to say about Esther. There was tension, right? She wanted to cover over. Let's get rid of the problem. And Mordecai said, no. He said, and what makes you think that you're going to be just fine if you don't embrace what's on your plate? As far as embracing on your plate, there's a really important scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 4. It says, if the spirit of the ruler rises against you, leave not your place for yielding pacifies great offense. The answer for me in my life is to yield to the spirit. That is the answer and I don't mean that that's I have some power to do that I gotta approach <laughs> I gotta approach the Lord Lord cause me over in uh, so that's, let me finish Esther she says okay I and my maidens will fast and, and I looked up the word fast I don't even know why Because you're always looking for some little edge in the Bible. So you look up the Hebrew, which I don't really understand. But but there's some definitions. But the word fast there, um, it's more comprehensive than not eating food. It really literally translates to put your hand, cover your mouth. And I thought, well, that has relevance. So Esther covered her mouth. She got quiet. And um, she said, if I perish, I perish. How The truth is, approaching unto God is destructive to your own way. And that's really why people don't approach to God in a real way. I don't mean there aren't um, decorative Christianity that is um, constantly... um, ascribe to the, the forms of things and, the, and the, that's why the visible miraculous is so attractive to multitudes and, and, and the, that's why things like the blessing uh, has been translated into earthly riches and, and those silly kinds of things that aren't the real thing. Um, But to really approach to God, the, the real thing that's going to happen is that you're going to lose your own life. But what's changing with us is we find out, we have discovered that that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And so, do you know what I was, I, I was aware of? That yes, in fact, we're always going to lose our own life when we... Um, cultivate this relationship with the Lord and approach because he draws us you know it was a sure thing that 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 scepter in chapter 5 was going to be lowered to Esther do you realize it was a sure thing what was what really was the problem was if Esther would not have it wasn't whether the king would respond It's written like, I don't know if he's going to lower the scepter. Can I say that God has lowered the scepter to us and he has drawn us and is drawing us to approach unto him. It's open, it says. The problem isn't whether the scepter is lowered. The problem is whether or not I will quiet myself enough and not be afraid of that cost, to the degree that it prevents me from seeking the Lord and going to Him and yielding to what what do you want? And so it was a sure thing. And I've got to speed up here. OK. Isaiah chapter 30. Verse 30, to the re-, verse 1, I mean. What are the rebellious children, says the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. They go down to Egypt and ask it. have not asked at my mouth. They trust in the shadow of Egypt. This is very familiar. But I like this last verse, verse 7. It says, um, for the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore, have I cried. (laughs) This sounds like it's going to be really profound. I have cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. How about that for a spiritual message? Their strength is to sit still. Um, Then it says, let's see, verse 15, I think. For thus said the, Holy, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And then he, then it said, with a colon, gives further explanation. And the problem was, and you would not. Okay? And we know the Lord waits. This is one of my, one of my favorite verses later on. We don't have to read it, but the Lord will wait. Right. Um, he gives you the bread of adversity. In the water of affliction. Though he will not afflict. But he waits. And he waits not to destroy us. He waits to be gracious. That, that's one of my favorite verses. So let me just get down to one more point I think. And this is where. What, what's coming What's happening with the increase of his government? In Isaiah 58. Uh, Let me just get right to the last two verses of the chapter. If you turn... Verse 13, thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure. You know why he says from doing thy pleasure? Because thy pleasure in the end is not pleasure. (coughs) Do you know, I mean, we got it all backwards. I don't mean that there isn't temporary pleasure in thy pleasure. But afterwards, it's not pleasure. And call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord. What's that mean? Calling the quietness, the quietude in my soul, quiet myself, the rest. Yeah, it's trust. Holy of the Lord, honorable and shall honor him. And this is what is this is what is hanging in the balance. And this is what is being eradicated by the increase of his government and peace. Not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Own, own, own. Then shall you delight yourself in the Lord and cause thee to ride on the high places of the earth. And feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Can I just say, I have a news flash in 1 Corinthians 6:19? That'll help us. It's, it fits in with Isaiah 58:13. Um, I like the way it's written and the way Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 19. I don't know how he actually said it, but it's just he starts it with one word. He says, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, that's my interpretation. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. Guess what? God gave you that, right? right. What? Don't you remember? <laughs> and you, and not your own. <sighs> well, I already know that. I said amen to that forty years ago. <clears throat> For you're bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God. And I just, you know what the, you know what's really great about the spirit. Even when you're taking your own way, there's a beauty, there's a characteristic that occurs, there is a sensing, there is a feeling that occurs. And I can describe it best by feeling wretched. And that is a piece of mercy and grace that when we do take our own way, when it's my own words What makes me think it's okay? What, Dave? What? Did you forget that you are not your own? Thank God for the spirit that brings that sense of wretchedness that once again I forgot about I'm not my own with my own words, my own thoughts, my own, own, own analysis. That's what the government of God is about. To displace that with His. His pleasure. His thought. His word. I don't know, I may want to Maybe I'll just close with one scripture. There's a good one in Psalm 4.4, but I'm not closing with it. It says, stand in awe, commune with your own heart upon your bed, and be still. Think about that. says Selah. That's a good thing to do. Some of you say, well, if we didn't have a 7.30 service, I'd be doing that right now. (laughs) I appreciate Tony and Lindsay because Tony, the only thing that he anticipated being an issue was a 7.30 Saturday morning service. He He thought, well, the rest seems okay. Yeah, we can handle it. But about that Saturday morning service... Okay, I'm going to close with this one passage in 1 Corinthians 3. And it's similar. It says, Know ye not... Verse 16, that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. I don't want to necessarily read all these. Anyway, the wisdom of this world is foolishness. Verse 19, 20, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they're vain verse 21 this is what I want to get to therefore let no man glory in men for all things are yours have you considered that all things are yours gosh I can't, it just bounces off my head i'm sorry if you see dense that's what it's all about Whether Paul, Apollos, Cephas, the world, life, death, things present, things to come, all are yours. And I like the next verse because it brings it right into reality and focus. And ye are Christ. And not only that, Christ is God's. It's a privilege that there's an increase of government and peace that's going on. It's the most important increase that's happening. In every single one of us, wherever we find ourselves, that there's an increase of government and peace. And what that means, we don't fully, the magnitude of the verse I just read, all things are yours. And it works because you are Christ. And Christ is God's. Amen.
3: Thank you Good evening. And uh, thank you. Sitting there, a couple of things. Uh, Satan's the God of this world, and God made it. And knew he would be. Got it? And you do not have to be under that kind of power, though you have been, and though you drift, and I do too. Um, and the continual thing is that it, uh, it makes the tension, it makes the, the script that God himself wrote uh, much, much more uh, captivating and challenging to you. Because I've said it before, the hardest thing you do, the hardest thing you do is to give way to the selfhood and make yourself a love slave of almighty god because what you've heard this morning is really the love of god and uh, we all have tried to be i'll take care of me and and we found out we cannot uh, i wanted to read something that um, Stay right there, you're just fine. Good looking people, we don't see them a lot, and it's good to have you here. (laughs) Uh, There is a a a deceitfulness about the human heart that defies our greatest attempt in tracking it down. (coughs) And we shall never do it. I thought that's a great line. But we have the God and the spirit of truth within us that does show us the wickedness of our heart. And one of the great things about Job is that on the way of his tracking, and remember uh, Elihu said he should be dealt with all the way to the end. And I, I think I said, I, I thought I said it here. It's like saying the sky's blue. You and I will be thoroughly dealt with. You're not gonna be left alone, but you cannot do the cleansing work. And the bad thing about the the friends, if they had left after seven days and said, I don't have an answer, God would have uh, brought a man and not chastised them. But everything they were saying to Job was, uh, if you do this and if you do that and if you could get that doing they never said <laughs> just cease and desist you become nothing and you'll increase now they were kind of building them up and we've been in that situation well, let me just say this to you god says if you will turn if you'll turn to me i'll turn to you yeah. God help us to understand that. Your increase is, there's no other way outside the cross. And uh, we've heard it. We keep hearing it. And uh, God help us to live into it fully. Thank you, Lord. Let's uh, let's be dismissed into this uh, increase. And in, uh, how much, do you do you really acquire, and how much do you believe
2: this day? God help us.